This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Hey, welcome to Range of Strength podcast. I'm Lucas Aaron, and uh, with me today, I have a very special guest, uh, Jacob Lay. How are you doing, Jacob? Not too bad. How are you doing, Lucas? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited to uh, get into some range muscle chat, uh, talk about some of the things that we've been uh, doing together the last few months. And uh, yeah, just to give some background to our listeners on how we met. So we met, I think it was two years ago now uh, through the teacher training, Um, range of strength. We were doing uh, some flexibility training and uh, we connected uh, really well during that time um, with our backgrounds in lifting and uh, muscle building, of course, and uh, things like that. We've been, you know, in connection ever since. And uh, the recent collaboration on uh, range muscle we've been doing has been a cool way to share, you know, some of that blended approach from, you know, the relationship we've developed in the last year. But uh, it'd be cool for you to break down a little bit of you know, your background and who you are and uh, give our audience a little bit of those details. That'd be. Yeah, sure. Man, who I am. <laughs> <laughs> seems to change, seems to change a little bit every year, but I've been doing strength and condition uh, and nutrition for about 15 years uh, based in Toronto, Canada. Um, so yeah, like the shorter version is like initially I got a degree in traditional Chinese medicine. So I'm a doctor of Chinese medicine which was sort of the Eastern approach. And while I was doing that school, I got into personal training and lifting and got into uh, mainly the Poliquin system. So that's essentially training athletes to be structural balanced and get strong. Uh, and it was just such a cool system for me because it wasn't totally a bro system, but it was definitely a lifting system. And the knowledge was really solid and the sort of the crew initially was just a really solid crew around that. So I took a whole bunch of courses in that and then did from acupuncture, Chinese medicine, practiced that um, at the same time for a bunch of years and then just got kind of really tired of sticking needles in people for eight hours a day in small little white <laughs> rooms. And I preferred to be lifting weights and to get people strong physically. Yeah. Um, so that's how I feel I'm most effective is uh, training physicality, getting them strong, uh, getting them lean. Uh, the flexibility stuff has now been a couple of years. So actually a mission for myself, I'm not a flexible dude, <laughs> but I'm getting there now for sure. And, uh, and it's just such a huge um, part of my practice in terms of uh, clients. So so I've got, yeah, like a studio gym uh, in my backyard. So I've converted our garage into a studio uh, and I'm solo, work out of here six days a week, train uh, a lot of clients. It was too many clients a couple months ago, about 40 sessions a week. So now I'm down to about 25, 30, which is, which is really good because I'm starting to push more online. Cool. So um, yeah, with that, I took a whole bunch of courses in nutrition along the way. Main ones would be biosignature 
which is hormonal modulation through nutrition and supplementation. So essentially that is like looking at where people store body fat on their body. Um, and different parts of the body are going to have a um, predisposition to different types of hormones. So whether it's going to be insulin or cortisol or testosterone or estrogen, and those are going to be, uh, uh, you can actually look at uh, certain like dissections of certain areas of the body and there's more receptors in that area of the body for those types of hormones. So hormones can be out of balance for a million reasons. And this, uh, this course was really great. I did a few levels of it. And so, yeah, that, and then a bunch of internships and uh, like training camps and stuff abroad in Germany and Dominican Republic and the States and stuff where we kind of do deep dives into um, just, you know, certain specialization of nutrition and supplementation and detox uh, in conjunction with training because uh, training obviously is going to modulate hormones. So, so yeah, biosignature was a real game changer for me and how I add that to strength training. Strength training is definitely a big piece of the puzzle to get people in a certain state, their physicality, to make sure hormones are working well, their digestion, your detoxification is going to get to a certain point just through lifting. Um, but you got to look at your nutrition and ideally mm -hmm. supplementation, especially in today's world being like a high stress world and a toxic world. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I guess that brings me to here and we, yeah, we've been working together. It's been great to work with you, uh, on your own nutrition for a while. So to get you on, on that train, fill in any knowledge gaps and then, um, try to pass on sort of the system that I've been using with most of my clients to the range of strength crew. So it's been yeah. a really fun collaboration for me because, you know, like in range of strength that really the entry points are like introdu introductions to flexibility and, um, you know, teaching people to move better, but there, you know, there is like a closet muscle head approach to it <laughs> in a lot of ways. And, yeah. and that's, that's kind of like how I started in my own journey. And, you know, I believe you're the same too. Like a lot of us actually do, like we start getting into muscle building, um, you know, wanting to get strong and you know, confident. And, um, there's always, I think, you know, we remain students of, uh, you know, the industry and the craft that we're trying to develop over time. We want to continue to help people, but there's always that part of you that kind of has that little bit in there. That's like, ah, I want to put on some muscle and I want to, you know, get back into feeling good. And, it, what's been cool is, you know, the approach we're using now is just, it's through a different lens. It's through, you know, our own life experience, um, our, our training backgrounds. And it's, it's been cool for me to like repre like represent these ways of training and ideas in, in a more holistic way and, uh, body composition training and muscle training. It often gets like a bad rap a little bit because, you know, people really associate it with hardcore bodybuilding or, uh, the stigma of, you know, training and taking drugs and, and more in, a, in an abusive way. Yep. Um, and I think that that's, uh, you know, a, a bit of a, a block for people to, it's, it's such a great way to train and to learn how to um, naturally build muscle and to get your nutrition on point in a way where you can actually do so and, and also learn to move better. Like you can, you can body build and, and, do power building and muscle training in a way that improves your flexibility. And that's, what's been, I think really cool about this presentation of the training piece 
is saying like, you know, this is an approach to building muscle where you're going to, you know, work on your flexibility. And there aren't very many systems out there that have really done that. And, you know, Poliquin's work, it definitely leans a little bit more to that direction, training through full range. Yep. Um, There were some parts like missing there probably with regards to like having flexibility like built in there where you can actually uh, help people navigate what movements they can and can't do. And I feel like we're getting that and we're helping people find those uh, answers. What's kind of funny though about muscle building is it almost has that barrier. When I think about flexibility training, it kind of has that same barrier, right? Like people think of flexibility training and think, well, you got to be flexible or uh, it's like a genetic thing or, you know, has that been something you kind of related to that process as well? Yeah, it's interesting. They don't always get along because often the flexibility stuff gets shot over into yoga and gymnastics and those can have strength components of it, especially gymnastics, but the flexibility mixing with, you know, you get so caught up in the words, like I could say bodybuilding and that would hit a certain triggers, right? I could say functional hypertrophy, right? Which is like muscle that you can use. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could say body comp body comp composition, which is going to be lowering body fat, increasing muscle. Um, but with flexibility, they don't often. So it's like, I find them, we're constantly trying to find bridging words because a lot of people are kind of wanting the same thing. Mm-hmm. They want the flexibility, which is great. Uh, but flexibility without strength doesn't necessarily hold. And that's kind of, you know, I feel where a lot of the strength component of flexibility is really important because as your tissue remodeling through flexibility, but also training through, but also through muscle training too, you know, the quality of your tissue is going to change. And the, the information that you're packing into your body is going to be essentially just changing your physicality and um, flexibility can get to a certain point. I've always approached things through strength training and full range of motion, which I find I, if I get, if I can get somebody strong and I can get them moving well in terms of full range of motion, you know, 80 to 90% of their problems or their goals are hit problems go away. Um, and the flexibility stuff is huge. Um, so I think a lot of it is people's perception of bodybuilding, um, which I like to say body composition training, because for me, it's always about the health perspective. And if somebody is like, you know what, I'm lifting so that my hormones are healthier so that uh, I I have certain strength markers and a certain level of muscle mass, which indicate overall levels of health. If you're stronger, your bone dense density is there, your nervous system's trained. If you have more lean muscle, you have more protein that your body can pull on when it's super sick or when it's going through hard times, like it's kind of like your metabolic piggy bank, Mm. Um, you know, and then it's just people's perceptions and i find like a lot of it with a lot of the clients that i see initially for the first three months is like dispelling the myths around bulking and um you know being afraid to lift heavy uh and being afraid to put on muscle and they don't want to do certain movements too much as soon as they get a bit of a lactic acid burn they kind of jump out Mm -hmm. and they feel like they're done because they don't want to bulk up and i'm like it's it's not going to happen. Like, like you got to train twice a day, six days a week, uh, natural to really get anywhere that's, you know, and you got to have the genetics too. So if it's female or male or anybody in between, like you still have to work your ass off 
just to get certain base levels of muscle mass on. And that's not even with eating correctly too, you know, like the nutrition component is so huge. I think, you know, people think they lift and then they go back to a regular diet and missing component is looking for the signs and symptoms of not eating correctly. It could be not able to recover. It could be your sleep is off. Uh, it could be your mood is off. I think one of the biggest things for me, even with diving, especially with diving into flexibility training is levels of inflammation in my body because of the food that I'm eating. And if I go off sort of, you know, my standard diet, which is typically gluten-free, dairy-free, I don't work well with those. If I have a bunch of gluten or a bunch of dairy or even a whole bunch of sugar, you know, the next day or two, my body's in a whole different state. And, you know, my hips are tight, my shoulders are tight, my flexibility goals are going to be a lot harder to get to. Uh, and just my mood for lifting heavy feels like I'm just tearing my joints apart if I'm inflamed. So, you know, nutrition has such a huge component for building muscle for sure, but also just keeping overall markers down so that you're in a readier, you're in, you're in a ready state to be able to train the most efficiently that you can. Um, yeah, that was, uh, you know, quite the same for me in terms of like trying to keep uh, inflammation down is, you know, when I started embarking on the, the flexibility journey, a lot of it was body composition first. Cause I had that power lifting physique from, you know, it's the sport for bulking. If you <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that number one for me was like, okay, if I'm, if I'm going to start feeling good, I, I got to get this stuff under wraps too. And uh, I was looking for, those kind of things for like information control and um, like one of the big ones that I had um, found a lot of uh, good information on was the intermittent fasting as a means of uh, controlling inflammation and um, you know removing you know the heavy dairy and uh, gluten and stuff like that so like that was what got me a little more hooked into certain nutritional approaches and, and realizing that the nutritional choices I was making was really going to help me improve flexibility and remove a lot of these symptoms, which I think a lot of people, you know, when they can't recover from workouts or maybe they start uh, assuming that inflammation is pain from training, it's it has a lot to do with what you're putting in your body and eating. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a level of inflammation anyway from training, obviously. Yeah. So you're going to be dealing with you know, a base level of inflammation. And, you know, I remember taking a course on blood work and they, uh, you know, the guy was taking a lot of blood work from athletes and the blood work was showing that the athletes had basically the same markers as chronic disease as people that had chronic disease. They were totally healthy, lifting heavy, all sorts of stuff, you know, or whatever it was for their sport, but internally their system was at a very deficient level. And, uh, some of the athletes would be overtrained and they'd have all sorts of issues with uh, having to take long periods of time off from their sport and stuff. But there's an inherent imbalance to pushing yourself to the limit and a little bit past. And that's sort of like, you know, controlling what that means for you, how much you're able to handle. Uh, you know, there's that quote, you can only train as hard as you can recover. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, especially, you know, as, as I age, at least like my twenties and thirties, I could, and then my clients that are that age, I can drive them into the ground. If they come back the next day and they're ready to roll. Um, once I hit 37, 38 kind of thing, I'm 41 now, like it, 
is a bit of a different fine tuning. I wouldn't say I'm weaker. Everything is, is good, but I think I'm now a product of what I've been doing to my body and with my body for the last over a decade. So a lot of the work that I do now is to reverse that process that people have not been, it's paying attention to diet, but it's also an education too. And uh, making sure they're, they're, they're eating enough protein is huge. You don't have to have a ton of protein, but a gram per pound of uh, body weight is sort of a minimum goal. And I've had uh, one client in particular who I've trained now for a couple of years, and he finally got on the diet train after a year of training. And he was about 200 and 220 pounds when he started and he ate meat once a week. Uh, so, you know, whether it's meat or just enough protein overall, he was not getting enough protein. Breakfast would have been like two or three bowls of cereal, um, you know, more in the carbs, uh, definitely deficient in protein. As soon as he switched cereal out for even just a protein shake and cut out grains for a while, increased protein, he went from being kind of vegetarian to all of a sudden craving more meat, more protein. He's like, I'm just going to go ahead and do what you tell me to do. Uh, I'll give it a try. And uh, within six months, he had, he's now 175 to 177 pounds from 220. Uh, and that was about six months. And that was just from switching his breakfast because whatever you do first thing in the morning is going to set your hormones for the rest of the day. So if you have a high carb breakfast, you're looking at spiking your insulin and that's going to cause crashes and spikes. You're going to crave more energy, quote unquote, but it's actually, you want more blood sugar um, and, um, and then increasing protein. And for him, it was cutting carbs because he had extra body fat. Uh, I think one of the myths as well, too, that people can get carried away with, especially on low carb diets and ketogenic and all these, these words that people use, but they don't necessarily use the science behind them is that carbs aren't bad. It's just partly how lean you are. You need to get yourself to a certain level of leanness so that your body can metabolize carbs correctly because extra body fat is a sign that your body is not metabolizing carbs well. It's not going to the brain, the liver, and the muscle first. It's going to your body fat, and then it tries to get enough to the brain and to the muscles and the liver afterwards. So that is what leads you towards insulin resistance, which is type two diabetes, essentially. So you eat yourself into that and, um, being able to, uh, you know, metabolize carbs, you need to be lean enough. So you need to have a low enough body fat that when you have a big carb meal, you're not super sleepy afterwards. You know, that you're going to have some sort of an insulin issue that if you basically, you know, say the good test is first thing in the morning, if you wake up and you have like a big stack of pancakes with syrup on top. And if you feel like having a nap 20 minutes later, probably not the breakfast of champions for you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, so carbs aren't bad. Carb timing is important. And a lot of the nutrition stuff as put out of context, people see, you know, how much protein I eat or, you know, the timing of it and stuff I'll post online and I'll get a lot of comments. Are you sure that's healthy for you? Is this enough? Is this, is this too much? And I'm like, well, probably if I didn't lift anything, I would be eating a lot less protein, but the nutrition in conjunction with how you train and how hard you train, especially if you're lifting, uh, has a synergy to it. Yeah. And, um, so for an average Joe, increasing protein is going to be really important. Hitting two grams per per pound of body weight is probably not the best thing. You won't really need that, nor will you be really craving. Um, but 
a lot of people that I've put on high protein, lowish carbs, um, they really notice it after a few months when they have not had enough protein. If I were to cut my protein in half about now, I would be craving tons of carbs. Uh, like my sleep would be off probably. I wouldn't be able to work out as hard. Um, there's an adaptation phase towards going towards high protein. Um, and there's a whole physiological response, you know, like the first 30 grams of protein goes to your liver. The next 30 grams goes to your immune system, right? After that, you start to get, uh, uh enough protein to go to the muscles to repair. Um, so, you know, the protein also, a lot of it goes, needs, needs to be broken down into certain amino acids that help the brain function so that you're alert, uh, that you have motivation and drive, um, you know, protein, 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 super great. Uh, but <laughs> people, people, people starting off, have got to start off small, you know, yeah. you got to look at where you're starting, maybe where you need to be. You can't just jump up right to there. You know, you got to add a little bit. And I don't like to just say, here's the program, you know, shut up and just do it. Like people, I feel like it's really important for them to make that connection in their body, how they feel. That's uh, uh, one of the things I've been chatting with some of the members of our group right now that are doing range muscle. It's, you know, um, the pressure you put on yourself to eat super strict. It's like, well, it's the same as training. If you, in my opinion, it's like, you have training days and if you were to train hard every single day when you started something you're going to have the reverse effect right and it's like just the stressors of you know being super strict every single day like sometimes that can be just too much and you almost want to think of it as like a training week where it's like three to four days are non-negotiable you know make sure i hit these protein targets or hit these uh nutritional templates and then on the other days you're doing your best, but you're making sure you're not, it's not like a full-blown cheat day or anything. It's just like making sure you're doing your best. And most of the time people don't even eat enough on those days, really. It's, uh, yep. I think a, a helpful way that we've been, you know, helping counsel some of the members of our group realize it's, you know, don't, don't it's don't put so much pressure on yourself, but maybe like have non-negotiables and that slowly becomes a habit over time. And then it just, you're doing it and you're not even, um, really second guessing it or thinking it's just the way you're doing it because your training's right. Yeah. I liked how you talked about, like, obviously it's like the lifting it's, these are the things too, where, okay. Body composition training, we need to start strength training and uh, introducing that stimulus and what that means and how that should look because you can get wrapped up in this whole metabolic training uh, craze, which is, you know, if I train myself into the ground, every time I train, it'll feel good. <laughs> or I feel like I've, I've worked out hard enough or, you know, like it's setting the stage to like, how should you train and in such a way where you're getting stronger and you're actually recovering from workouts and you're not completely smashed the next day. Yeah. These are some important things. Yeah. I, like, yeah. Training intensity is huge. And that's something that I've picked up a lot from courses that it's very hard for coaches to understand, in my opinion, how hard you need to train to produce a training response. Um, you know, just, you know, if you're doing goblet squats with 20 pounds, but you, you know, could actually be doing back squats with 95 pounds, you know, like there's, there's a, there's a big misconception, a big gap between where somebody assumes their strength is at and then where their strength is actually at. Um, and then part of, 
part of the whole mission is to bridge that gap for people and look at like, well, where is that? Where do they put on the brakes? Is it a fear thing? Is it a knowledge and technique thing? Do they need coaching? Um, are they afraid to shoot a video of themselves and maybe get that out there and ask for some feedback? Uh, the RPE scale is really great too. Uh, for me, and at least the flexibility stuff was really important because coming from a heavy lifting background, I went really hard into flexibility and I think I went a little too hard mm -hmm. uh, because there was a big pushback from my body and I had to take some time off to just let my body recover and find where that gauge was. And I was kind of the reverse. I benefited a lot like there were times when I had the intense crack method of like, you know, 30, the 30 seconds and holding and shaking the muscle. Like there was a part of me that I needed to break apart uh, certain adhesions and real deep tension. And it was a certain part of my personality that needs that. But I also had to open up that part of myself that needed to really slow things down to be able to like slowly enter a stretch and make sure that I was, you know, at like an RP of six or seven. So with strength training, I find it's often the opposite especially people that are new to it and they go into a, a program like range muscle and they're at six sets of six, for example, what we're doing right now, like, what does that actually mean? What is the RPE? What is the, in, in the intensity? How do you load correctly? Um, and, uh, you know, it's something that needs to be built in a little bit. Um, you know, I find, you know, it's just a tip that I use quite a lot with myself and clients is I like doing a, a ramp loading where I won't use the same weight for all six sets. For example, I usually do about a 30 to 40% spread from like my first set to my last set. And I'll add a little bit each time. And I get a sense, I get feedback from my nervous system, from my muscular system to say, okay, I can do this. It was really heavy for the first set. The second set, it's actually not that bad. So your nervous system warms up. And the third set, I'm going to ramp it up. And then, you know, after repeating that block for three weeks, um, you get a real good feedback in terms of what you're capable of doing. And I think when you push yourself to, a, to what is your actual comfortable max, that's when all of the feedback comes in in terms of, okay, now that's the stimulus that you need, the training stimulus to produce muscle, to train your nervous system, to hold that capacity of strength, weight. And then to me, that's where the nutrition supplementation comes in to really reinforce that training. Um, like yeah. you were doing, you were doing squats for forever there. It feels like you've been squatting half your life when, since I've known you at least. And I mean, like how, how do you maintain that, that RPE, that sort of weekly feedback and stuff? I know you would switch to like a three squat week program and are still keeping them up a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, well, very much this kind of goes like the same as when you start. It comes back around to that as you advance and you, you have to use biofeedback from session to session. Yeah. And you have to have some familiarity with your numbers and how your body feels and responds. So there is a lot of stamping and spread uh, throughout the sets. You kind of know what kind of volumes you need to hit when you get in there. But I think that's the difference between... Uh, you know, we, we do talk about this in the course too, like training experience, like training age is a thing where it's like, well, how long have you been training? And, you know, uh, that's important for building muscle because you also will maybe adapt quicker and you need to have things mixed up a little bit more. But um, yeah, that's, 
it's the same as when you start you're using RPE and there's that biofeedback session to session, then you have to start hitting some certain numbers because you want to get strong or you have certain goals and targets. And, and then it comes back around where, you, you know, it's like, well, how do I keep going and not, again, it's lifestyle too, right? Like we're both fathers uh, running business and uh, trying to manage everything else in our lives. So, you know, you, we think we know well enough that we're not going to be a hundred percent every day. And that's, yeah. and you know, you look at a, a program and without any kind of counseling or support, the expectation on most avatar programs are that you're at a hundred percent every day. <laughs> not the reality. <laughs> no, like yeah. most of us are at 80% every day and yeah. just having those strategies to know, you know, when we show up, like what's really the expectation? Well, we're, we're going at about eight RPEs, couple reps in reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it takes away that stress and that pressure. Again, it's the same as diet. it's like, you don't want to feel the pressure in your training either. Um, especially in the body comp stuff. It's like, you want to get in there. You want to hit it hard. Um, you want to feel like you've had a good outcome in the session. There's been no stress as to whether or not, you know, you missed something. It's like, that's where I think those um, types of uh, kind of components or ways of communicating there really help people. And, you know, there's just too much going on. They just want to get in there and get that session and hit those goals. It's like, well, here's like more of a biofeedback approach. Yeah. You can make sure that you have that outcome you're looking for. Yeah. And I think it's looking that like a, like what you're saying, what is your max for the day? Mm. And, uh, you know, you may have this planned and, you know, I've had to make sure I keep this part of myself in check as well too, because I have a certain plan on my program. Um, you know, I gotta be sure I like, I'm not hard on myself if I don't hit that 100%. And if I were to have hit that on a day that I'm off, that could take me out for the rest of the day, maybe the day afterwards. Um, some, it just, it's it, like, sometimes, you know, it depends really uh, up until the point that I start lifting, I could have a really shitty day and feel like it's going to be a shitty workout. And then all of a sudden start lifting and feel actually pretty good and kill it. And it could be the opposite too. Um, but the goal, especially with muscle range is to build muscle and increase flexibility. So for me, at least on the muscle building part is you got to hit a certain lactic acid, uh, threshold goal. You need to have a certain level of fatigue where, you know that for that day, at least, you wouldn't be able to do much more. And I like how it's programmed in terms of the neural component at the beginning, where we get the nervous system rolling with heavier lifting compound movements. And people can play around with that a little bit to figure out where they are in that journey. And then typically the B series in the middle is that sort of dense strength on the minute pump, which is not necessarily driven by weight, how heavy it is. It's like, what's your capacity? How much can you, can you go? Uh, um, you know, and that works your overall capacity in terms of workload, what you're training, but it's simpler in terms of the weights are going to be a little bit lighter. It's going to be incomplete rests. So the burn and the lactic acid, that pump feeling is going to be a little bit easier to reach. And, uh, to me, you know, that's where, at least as a coach, when I'm training a client, you know, if it's, an eight to 12 rep range. And I say, okay, let's hit eight reps, right? And the client hits eight reps, but I know they could do another four. I have to make sure they do those four, you know, otherwise they get used to cutting themselves a little bit short and then that becomes the normal. And they think they're doing great because they completed 
what was prescribed, but like in reality, they could be doing a lot more. Uh, so, and that weight could change. If you're having an off day, drop the weight a bit and you might hit the same level of fatigue versus a day where you're feeling like you're feeling awesome and you crank up the weights and also you, you, you can double what you've been doing or you hit a new weight or a new goal. That's fantastic. But, um, you know, like functional hypertrophy, like build, building muscle bodybuilding approach is more of a metabolic approach. So you look to have that metabolic fatiguing component and it's not so much about hitting a certain number versus a strength component uh, approach is about, okay, how can I improve my squat by another five kilos? How can I hit a certain level? Rest periods come into play. Like there's different, there's different angles, but the putting on muscle is, is really about working. And um, I have just a certain level of satisfaction in my body when I've got a sweat on and a pump on and my muscular system has been sort of exhausted to a good safety limit. Um, and then the flexibility stuff at the end just helps to be able to maintain that. Like I think doing a heavy squat session and a heavy deadlift session a week is, is, uh, you know, is a lot of volume in terms of that. Uh, but the flexibility work in terms of opening up space and being able to integrate that into either the strength component movements or at the end to be able to, to just open up that soft tissue and to sort of deepen muscles that I've just been lifting really hard and working to the max um, has been sort of an, a newer approach to really focus on, on that. So um, yeah, it's definitely a good synergy. Yeah. And that's, um, I think too, it's, it is overwhelming. Um, I think nowadays, like I get overwhelmed sometimes with all the, the new stuff coming out and it does always go back to the basics of what still works and what we know works just revisiting that through a new lens it's like okay here's some thought process of taking basic flexibility components that you can improve upon while building muscle and working on your body composition like the nutrition has to be there mm -hmm. you won't recover as well or you won't be as optimized through your sessions um, the strength component has to be there uh, and now we know we know better how flexibility i think can fit into all these different um, things. And that's what's been really great about connecting with you and collaborating on these things because we dove deep into flexibility training together and then diving deep into nutrition and seeing how you do things in my own training has really brought, like I really, I lay um, that last squat PR that I hit on my nutrition. Like that was the thing that was missing was, when we started working together, my nutritionist wasn't on point. And I started getting all that kind of riding on point strength started coming up to where it should be on my squat. And I was, I was really hitting the numbers I was trying to hit. Like so that, that and, and bringing the flexibility and like, that's really what we've been trying to do with this. And um, it's been fun, man. It's, <laughs> I have this, like, I started putting it on my social media, my profile closet muscle head, because <laughs> it comes back, it comes back to that. And I think there's a lot of us that are into fitness and a lot of the new holistic approaches and stuff. And there's still a desire to look good and feel good uh, and to want to, you know, learn how to put on muscle. And there's, again, like I said, it's just very overwhelming uh, when you try to think about that, like even, even Ito uh, had, 
you know, but he had bodybuilding um, as a strong focus when he started. He talked about it in in an interview I watched, you know, he was going hard into that. You know, you look at him, he's a very aesthetically built guy who had that foundation in his practice at the start and, you know, got into the other stuff. But um, yeah, like it's, it's overwhelming (laughs) nowadays for people when they're trying to like figure out like, how do you build quality muscle nowadays? Like how, how do you, you know, it's just so many things. And yeah, yeah, like what we have going on here, cause it, it really goes, comes back to some grassroots stuff, but just through a little bit of a different lens, which I think is, yeah, enjoying it. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good trifecta. You know, I think if anybody's serious about their training, you have to have a new, a nutrition component. It doesn't mean that I think people shy away from nutrition or there's a negative on nutrition because of a lot of what's put out there in social media. And, uh, there's a lot of anxiety and emotional stuff around it and, and history and stuff. But, you know, and people think that I'm super regimented around counting everything and stuff. And, you know, I've had a couple of weeks where I will count my calories and count protein. And then after that, you kind of get a ballpark of where you're at. Mm. Um, but to make it, a lifestyle that's positive because I actually just feel better when I eat better. Mm. And uh, I even had a client today who's been doing really good. He's dropped a bunch of body fat. He's getting strong. It's all great. He's going to, he's also a dad, a couple of kids, and he's going to his cottage just on his own this weekend. And he was like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm up against this conundrum because I don't know what to eat. Like the old me would have ordered in a bunch of stuff and had sandwiches and all sorts of stuff. But the new me doesn't feel good on that. So I kind of just want a big steak and maybe I'll get a <laughs> bottle of wine for the weekend and I'll have some veg and, and because I want to just keep on feeling good, but I, I also feel, I also love eating steak too. So, so um, for me, cooking and, and eating well and stuff is, 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 is really about being able to celebrate uh, parts of life that, that I, that I really cherish to myself, my family, you know, my own body, like, you know, working out, being able to, express that part of myself means so much. Uh, so, you know, why would I not echo that and what I put into my body? Um, yeah, for sure. I'll d- definitely have days when I'm, you know, eating whatever I had tacos the other day and stuff. We got a new taco shop around the corner and that's fantastic. And, you know, I feel okay, but like, I couldn't do that every day. Like I, I, my body would turn into something that I wouldn't be able to do the same stuff. So, um, yeah making sure people aren't too hard on themselves with nutrition. It can be a tough one, but uh, it's got to be a positive act for yourself. You got to be able to connect those dots to say, okay, but Instagram, social media, as much as they are constructive around some of this stuff, they're actually, I find pretty deconstructive around so many different options and so much information. And, and it's been gamified and the words and I'm on a keto diet, but when I look at it, you're not actually on a keto diet. It's, it's some other weird thing and low carb, high carb, like it's individualized for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why I tried to lay out in the course as much as possible. There's so many different variations, different people, different backgrounds, uh, different goals, whether you want to really drop body fat, that's great. Or whether you want to just be healthy and look at improving your performance and overall health markers that's also fantastic too. It's kind of the same thing to me. Uh, depends how people want to take it and their personality. Some people need to have the routines and the counting and stuff. 
some people need to have more freedom and just use common sense. But I think a lot of people need to mature in their education around nutrition in terms of, um, you know, getting the right education, but also like taking responsibility for, for uh, you know, choices that people make and stuff and making sure that it's done in the right way, you know? Yeah. And I think too, it's, it is finding the diet that works for training and, uh, or nutrition. It's not like, it's just, you know, it's just your, your nutrition. And um, I think that's one of the nice things about what we're doing is we're presenting training that would be ideal for developing body comp and muscle along with the nutrition, along with the flexibility. And that's where it's really hard for people to find all those things in one spot to kind of say, yeah. okay, well, this, this is the goal. We're going to move better. We're going to get ourselves uh, at a good composition of body um, so that we can move better and stuff as well. It's like, I think mm-hmm. it's a good way to look at it or a good way to at least do business kind of thing. So um, I, I do like the way you talk about celebration too, because um, when you look at it that way, celebrating versus cheat meals, it's like, well, the whole cheat meal thing always has people wrapped around like, you know, garbage food and, and things like that. But the celebration mindset, it still can have a focus on eating really good food and healthy food, maybe adding a, a few more things in there, but like, it's about presentation of it, like celebrating with family, um, people that are close to you or friends and just like enjoying good food and good company. It's uh, I think a really good way to kind of symbolize that whole cheat meal concept is like, yeah the even the the word cheat meal is all weird you know like i guess the concept is like finally i can cheat and i can do what i actually want to do and i'm like wow what a backwards thing (laughs) i like a a reward meal you know like go and get some gluten-free brownies or something and you know if you want to just go for it and get you know fill up on whatever that's totally great too you know but it's within context uh but I, it's interesting. I remember somebody gave me a time in conversation the other day uh, and drinking came up, alcohol. And, uh, and uh, so the, the question was like, you know, do you drink to celebrate? Yeah. Do you drink to cope? It's like, well, yeah, you know, not me in particular, but like, it was interesting how the, that one thing was like, and sugar could be used as the same thing, right? Do you have a big whatever go out and smash you know the pizza and whatever to celebrate yeah do you actually do that when you're having a down day to cope as well too okay that's interesting information <laughs> uh so the celebration thing is huge um and uh it's it's a tough one you know because people have familiar foods and familiar routines that you know, may not be the healthiest, but, uh, but it can bring them a lot of pleasure too. And I think, you know, keeping it positive and to me, it's keeping it mature to understand that, okay, what are your priorities here? Is your priorities to get better at eating shitty food and donuts or wine or whatever it is, then, okay, well, that would be a priority. Is your priority about training and being able to hit flexibility goals or hit certain strength numbers? Then like, okay, that needs to be the hierarchy to eat towards that. And then I'll, I'll, I'll typically celebrate on Friday, Saturday night, and I'll let loose a little bit and, you know, do something like that. But I know if I carry that on till Sunday and have more carbs or another glass of wine or something Sunday night, my Monday session is going to be screwed. Um, so, uh, you know, you have to live, 
you have to be able to celebrate. Why are we doing this? And for me, at least, you know, with the kids and family and stuff. So it's great to be able to, to be the father that can be that as well as train and not be super militant. You know, they are pretty funny when they see how much meat I eat and <laughs> like, daddy's just having steak and cucumbers again. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, it's as all good. As you can laugh at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's great, man. I think that's, uh, some really great information for the listeners to dive into and just gain some perspective on, uh, what we've been up to and, you know, the things that we're doing and, um, where can the listeners find you? Like, I mean, I'm always sharing your stuff on my page, but, uh, it's good, you know, to be able to direct them people in the right, right direction. Yeah, sure. We'll look up unbound underscore athlete on Instagram. And that would be where I post most of my stuff, my lifting and life, and usually a couple meals a day. Sometimes depends, but uh, unbound under underscore athlete at Instagram. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, thanks for sitting down and chatting with me. Um, you will connect outside of this for sure. And uh, if you guys are keen to see what's going on at the range muscle uh, programming and course content and reach out and we'll connect you for sure. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Lucas. It's been great. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.